Who you are when you get into CNC definitely has an influence on the direction you take. Darren Bird jumped in with one set of projects in mind. After a while, he found another interesting avenue to explore. Now a maker of intricate epoxy and paint signs, many of which have featured the San Francisco 49ers, Darren takes you through some of his journey and ideas for CNC creation. The Bird Dog on The Maker's Garage. I was going to ask you about a big week for the Niners last week, but now it's uh, kind of sad. Yes, it's true. You know, it's funny. I'm actually a, a, a Raiders fan, but it's okay. times like these where I, I kind of hope they keep winning because I'll keep doing stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've seen a whole bunch of Raiders stuff in your in your rundown. Yeah, Is that where you started was with your own stuff, making signs for yourself. Uh, no, you know, um, I, I originally bought the machine to. Uh, helped me with some speaker building that I was doing. Um, okay. I, I have another Instagram called Bird Dog Sound, which is pretty inactive these days. I don't do much there, but I was building a little small kind of furniture quality Bluetooth powered speakers. And um, I wanted to get the CNC to kind of simplify baffle making and you know any other little trinkets or things I wanted to put on the speakers. And uh, that's why I bought it. And I did a few things with that. And then um, I decided I'm going to make a sign for the grandkids and I made things for their doors. And then I had this idea to make this Niners thing with, uh, with an epoxy fill. And that's what kind of sent things a little bit crazy. And I got a lot of interest <laughs> from uh, that. But actually, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing on my Instagram that I've made for myself. None of it. It all went somewhere. <laughs> so you have nothing left at your house. No, in fact, there's some things on my mind that I kind of like to make, and uh, my my wife has asked me for a couple things here and there, but uh, no, there's nothing on there that's really mine. Boy, these speakers are gorgeous. This is quite an art project here. This was high-end stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I, I made about 50 of them, and I was doing those while I was still working, and that's really all this was in pre preparation for retirement. I kind of wanted okay. to kind of get something going and, and have something that I was interested in doing, and you know, I love making the speakers because uh, I'm a retired electrical engineer. And so, you know, dealing with crossovers and learning about audio and how to do it was really interesting to me. But, you know, it's hard to convince people that you know what you're doing. And so, uh, you know, people spending money on some guy who's making this in his garage, it all just kind of ran its course. And now I'm not so interested in doing it because it, those, those took a lot of time. And yeah. uh, the uh, signs, you know, are really fun because they're all different and and, uh, you know, I can play around with some some ideas. So it's all worked out for the best. How did you begin learning sign techniques and starting to refine what you were making and how you were putting it together? Um, you know, it's all, um, I mean, it, it was really just um, starting very, very simple. In fact, you know, you, you can see it like on most people's Instagrams. You look back at the beginning for what they started doing and you just watch the progression. So I, I think that's mostly what it, what it was. You know, you everyone starts with a V car, right? And you start just making some letters and doing some stuff. And then, you know, pretty soon I could just kind of see uh, what else I could do. And the one thing that I mentioned when I was talking to people at, uh, at, at Carbide was, you know, I, I look forward to the day when I'm one with the machine because I can tell that once, you're, once the, the machine's capabilities are really integrated into your brain, and when you look at something right. you see it in terms of what the machine can do, right. now you, you can really kind of visualize things. So I don't really do any drawings. 
I visualize things and I think about them and I don't rush. I allow the ideas to kind of percolate. And then I just complete a drawing with the, uh, that end state in mind about the layers I want to do and where I want the epoxy to be. And so it's all just kind of come over time and by using the machine, really. And you know, in the very beginning when I was learning about the CNC, uh, I did watch all the videos on, on Carbide 3D and kind of learned about CAD and CAM. And you know, I'm familiar with some obvious, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with these things, but I haven't delved into it in any great degree. So it was really interesting to me just to spend time learning and researching, which is what I love to do. I've learned over, over my lifetime that uh, the want and the research is as much fun as the owning. <laughs> yeah, or the giving away in this case, since you don't own anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that point. And I've tried to make that a number of our things that the machine will change the way you think and the way that you see the world. Yes. And where did you first notice that happening to you? Um, oh, it was probably... Um, I'm not sure which, which actual logo or sign it was, but at, at some point I started to see layers that I could do with pockets. And that became something that just kind of started happening and, and combining, you know, V cars with pockets. And then, you know, I came up with an idea that to me was an organic idea. And I still haven't really seen this, but using epoxy to make windows by just doing through cuts mm -hmm. and laying that on a piece of acrylic and pouring clear clear epoxy and then peeling it all off and it ends up being a pretty nice little window you can shine light through so it was really just um I, I, it's just this subtle evolution of of thought as i made one sign i saw something in it thought i'm going to try this and then sometimes the sign itself right you just look at the drawing and it just lends itself to something you know like yeah. the incorporation of metal is pretty easy i mean i've got several signs that have aluminum well, it's pretty obvious that I could make a Raider sign with uh, aluminum swords, right? Because it's metal. And I've got uh, a couple cars where uh, the, the, the trim is metal. I'm finishing this Volkswagen now where they'll be all polished aluminum wherever the chrome trim is on the car. I mean, these are obvious things. And, you know, it's just a, a different bit and a different, uh, a different speed. And I cut that out just as well as I can cut out MDF. So why not put it in there and make a pocket and set it in? Yeah, progression. I love it. Yeah. Who, yeah. who orders from you? Uh, all kinds of people. I mean, it's it's all, let me see, I've shipped now. Oh, the farthest place I probably shipped is uh, New Jersey. So I've shipped to the East Coast. I sell a lot in California, a lot, lot of people up and down the state, Raiders and Niners fans. Um, but really, it's just all over the country. Uh, people just ping me and um, we set something up and off we go. You mentioned being a retired electrical engineer and that lending itself to the stereo side of things. Did it give you any other advantages or avenues that you wanted to explore right away? Well, I, I think the one thing about it is I've never been afraid of the machine. In fact, one of the big appealing things of the machine to me was I get to put it together. Where most people might be intimidated by, by that, I was really looking forward to putting it together. I just thought knowing the machine top to bottom because I put it together puts me in a unique position to probably be able to ferret out any issue and solve any problem with the machine over time. And that's proven to be the case. I mean, I can take this thing apart. I can, I can tram it really well. I understand how everything went together. So I think that was an advantage for me. I just, I'm not afraid of any software or mechanical stuff. It just made that very easy for me. And, you know, like I have a relative that thinks it's amazing that I've just done this. 
I go, well, you know, I bought a machine and I started using it. It seemed very natural to me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like cooking. If you can read the cookbook and you can yeah. throw the ingredients in, yeah. you can do it. CNC is not that different. No. And the other thing, too, that I really didn't want to be with the CNC, and I've, I've watched some videos on people who've talked about CNC machines and what to expect. And some of the downsides that I've seen people talk about are the things that I love about it. And that's like, hey, if you think you're going to buy a machine and just go purchase some files and start running stuff and making stuff, there's a little more involved in that. And I'm thinking, that's not a downside. Why do you want to just be a machine runner? I'd rather be a guy who learned how to vector edit. I've never bought a file in my life. I don't intend on it. And it's not that I'm against it. It's just, I want to create it. I want to make right. it. I want it to be mine from top to bottom. And so, you know, going through the process of learning how to vector edit, learning how to use other pieces of software, uh, you know, Carbide Create, you know, just a, that simple little free thing. I, I really just recently started to look at other pieces of software. So everything on my IG came from Carbide Create or using uh, Inkscape to do some vector editing. Uh, but I thought that whole process of knowing how everything goes together, knowing the difference between CAD and CAM, understanding it all and having to learn it, I saw that as a huge benefit, not as a drawback, because I sure didn't want to be a guy who just pushed the button and said, there's something that comes out of the other end. I think some people get their first wholesale order and they, they find themselves making money, but having the creativity taken out of it. And that can be a negative for some people. And you sound like a guy who enjoys the creativity. I know if I have to make one of something, while it is a, a bit frustrating and the second one I would make would be better yes. and improved in certain ways. And I might make a second one of something. Yep. Generally, I don't want to make 10. Exactly. That's exactly how I am. I mean, uh, there's many times where I've made the one and I've really wanted the opportunity to do another one um, because I could see I, I couldn't change something or improve something uh, on, on this process. But I'm with you. I love the Niners and I'm happy for all those logos I've made, but I've, I've made enough 49er ovals. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to turn them down. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm with you. I'm not interested in turning the crank on anything. I like the one-offs. If I could do a one-off every single time, uh, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, as an Eagle fan, I like the Eagles one with the brushed aluminum. That looked ah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that, legit. That that one actually got featured on the uh, on the total boat on the total boat site. Oh, sweet. Yeah, sweet. it was the first one they uh, picked up, which was very nice. And you said you didn't get intimidated by the machine. You're not intimidated by the process of the learning. I know some folks get intimidated by epoxy as well. The whole notion of having to mix it and color it yeah. and, and do things with it and uh, you hear a lot about the cost of epoxy and what if yep. I mess up a little cup of it? How yeah. did you conquer that? Or what would you recommend to people who are thinking about jumping into epoxy? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's definitely it's definitely a love-hate thing. Um, I've had projects where, and the Raiders, the Raiders logos were always a bit intimidating in all honesty still for me because a black, trying to pour that pure black and not allow any speck to fall in it and deal, you know, have any kind of problem. Sometimes I'll have a Raider logo done for three or four days and it'll just sit there because I'm just not ready to do it <laughs> because it just takes so much focus to stay after it. But, you know, I, I, I would advise people that you really need to re read the instructions on the epoxy. It's very important to follow the manufacturer, mix as long as he says to mix, mm -hmm. um, really understand its cure times, uh, get the ratios right. These things are all critically important. Um, 
but you know the actual pouring part uh, it, it's it's not that it's not that bad I, you know the uh, tips that i give people is um you know because people say geez your colors are really great well i mean a lot of my stuff is still painted pockets i paint the pockets and i lightly tint the the epoxy so i'm not color matching everything perfect oh, okay. i really paint the pockets because i found that gave the best result the, the reason why i started doing that was because mixing colors now i'm throwing away a lot of product if i don't mix the exact amount well i'm done with that yellow well geez right. if i can do 50 percent of my pores in clear <laughs> now i can just mix some clear pour it into a colored epoxy uh, a pocket and, and off i go um, so I do a combination. Usually today I tint everything a little bit because it makes things a little bit brighter. There's very mm -hmm. few things I'll pour clear unless it's such a strange color that the pocket's the only thing that can get close to it because you can get acrylic bottle colors of anything, right? But uh, trying to mix and tint can be a little bit frustrating. So I don't do a, a ton of it. Usually single color tint might lead to accentuate the same color. Um, as far as just doing those pours, I mean, you pour and, and for me, I, I check it every 15 minutes for the first uh, 45 minutes and just look for anything funny happening, a speck of something, some bubbles I didn't pop. Um, that's the big thing is uh, kind of babysitting it a little bit as it's getting going. And once it's kind of going, it, it's going to be all right. And I always cover everything. I cover everything to make sure that just specks of stuff. It's amazing how it will find its way to the surface. <laughs> And it can be frustrating. You're not operating in a clean room. No, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, and I'm not operating in some temperature controlled environment either. But yeah, I mean, there's been days where I've made sure the heater and the air conditioner were not going to come on because I just did not want the air movement and I wanted to cover things and have it sit for a good five, six hours before I let the air start circulating again. Right, right. Great. How do you price your stuff? Um, so I actually am pretty inexpensive. I don't know how detailed you want to get here, but most of my logos, I, I sell between sixty and uh, and maybe one hundred twenty dollars. And 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 there's a reason for that, um, and that's just because of my sit situation. I mean, I'm a retired guy. I'm not trying to make a living. Um, I don't advertise my prices because lots of people are trying to make a living, and I don't want to make my stuff look so cheap that it's you know it's frustrating. Maybe for, it might bug people. I, I don't really know if it would, but so I price things um, according to me sustaining itself. Uh, maybe putting a few bucks in my pocket to you know pick up a meal every now and again, um, but I'm not really trying to make a bunch of money. Um, I'm just trying to enjoy making stuff, get paid for it. Uh, I get a lot more out of just people saying, hey, I love this than the money yeah. means to me. But um, so, yeah, I don't I don't price things very. Uh, plus, you know, there, there's another reason, Kevin, a very important one. In fact, I don't take any down payments and I don't even ask people to pay until they get the item, which is crazy because I'll ship it all the way to across the country and they haven't given me a dime. And I just trust them to pay me. And the reason for that is, too, is um, I don't want to deal with any problems. If it gets lost in the mail, I don't want to have to refund. I don't want to make a commitment on time because I retired and I want to do what I want to do. And I may not work for three days. And yeah. so I don't make commitments unless people uh, really have a deadline and I want to do that job because it's very interesting. Uh, otherwise I, I just keep it very loose for me. It's all kind of about me quite honestly. And um, once I ship it off, I ask them to pay. And so far no one has uh, stolen from me. And I figure if they do, well, I probably learned something cool out of that sign anyway. And if they need it, that bad, well, you know, it's on them, so. So in retirement, you're an artist. I, I guess so, people have said so. I don't feel like an artist. I feel like a, a pretty good technical maker, 
I think I okay. technically understand the machine. I understand how to exploit it. Um, yeah, I'm getting better at painting, um, which is, you know, to do some fades and some interesting things. And, and my mom's side of the family is a very artistic side of the family. So maybe I get a little bit of that from them, but I don't, I don't honestly feel like an artist. I feel like a guy who really un understands my machine can make a decent file and uh, has the patience to do enough passes to get the detail that makes it what I want it to be. You sound like a perfect blend of an engineer with an artist band <laughs> is what it sounds like. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, where can people find you if they want to follow you or if they want to reach out for an order? Where do they look? Uh, it's just at Bird Dog Creates on Instagram. That's the only place I am. So I've had been bothered by my my daughter and my, my son-in-law who really got me saying, get on to Instagram so people can see your stuff. I'm not interested in being on every form of social media and I don't want to maintain it. I don't want to deal with it. IG is very, very simple. That's the only place I am. Um, and they just DM me. Okay. So organically that worked for you then. Yeah. That suggestion I, just made it a business it, that it, goes to whatever it, level you want. It did. I mean, I, I maintain pretty much a four to a six month backlog all the time. And um, people see me very patient with, with me and that's good because you're going to need patience uh, because I'm not going to rush. And uh, that's kind of what's happened. All right. Darren Bird making your own way in the world with a shape Oko. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. It was a blast. Thanks, Kevin, for your patience with me in the reschedule. That was all good. Okay, man. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>